Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Mike Foster, your host here, and it is great to be back in the States. Man, let me tell you, I just came back from deployment a couple days ago, and I'm excited. You know, it's fun uh, being back here. Uh, it's been interesting, let me tell you. I've uh, <laughs> been trying to adjust to the weather here. Just came from seven months of sand, and today was just a torrential downpour. So that was interesting. But hey, um, really excited to be back. I'm glad to uh, to come here and talk to folks and be able to meet folks face-to-face for the first time, which is exciting. And uh, this episode is going to be fun. I'm going to teach you guys a little bit about my favorite way to house hack, uh, especially while you're on deployment. And it's great because I have a little personal story, but uh, first... <laughs> Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Mike Foster in the house. Oh, man, it feels great to be back in the States. All right, I kind of alluded that to the intro, but I'm really, really glad to be here, honestly. Um, it was a long seven months for deployment, man, let me tell you, but um, but definitely you know, glad to be back. Um, it's interesting to see what these next few months are going to look like, but um, but really excited to to be here and to be able to meet people face to face. So one of the things that we're going to start doing here soon is having some meetups. And you know, we want to be able to not only hear from you guys online, but we'd love to be able to see you guys face to face and to you know really go out and connect. Um, so look out for that. Right, that'll be something uh, that comes up here in the interim. Um, we may start out on the East Coast and then eventually trickle its way out west. But um, hey, you know what? You'd be you'd be surprised how quickly things will spin up um, because things have been spinning up here for ADPI here for a little bit. So um, definitely happy with how fast things are growing, uh, and we appreciate your support because you guys are the reason we are growing as fast as we are. Um, and you know, it really just comes down to it. You know, there's a need, right? There's a hunger for information for knowledge out there regarding you know real estate and this benefit right this VA loan that a lot of people know that they have but don't really know how to use it you know you'd be surprised and we are you know not like we're not you know the gurus per se on you know the VA loan but you know we have used it right we have invested well you know learned how to use it to benefit our investing career. And so we have um, put together this program to, to show people how it's done, how, you know, how it can be done. And we're passionate. We're passionate on sharing that information and that knowledge with you because we think it's important. You know, it's important for not only us and our family, but it's important for our friends and, and it's important for you guys because you guys are extended. You're in our community. You're in our quote unquote family. So we we feel bonded to you guys and you know we put this information out for you. So we hope that you take it for what it's worth and we hope that you share the information with those that need it. 
you know, or those that you, you know that need it. And, um, and hey, you know, if we can benefit lives because of that, we feel fulfilled and accomplished. So thank you again so much for taking your time and listening. Um, this episode is going to be about house hacking. And uh, it's something that we teach in the course that we have. It's also something we have a, a dedicated module for. So uh, go over and take a look in the show notes. You can see a link for that module. Um, we teach about six different ways to house hack. In this lesson, I'm going to cover about three. Um, but really, they're all good. You know, you just got to be able to take whatever that you can do with the extra space you have and do it. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know, you're not familiar with the term, house hacking is being able to use the empty space in your home and leveraging that to make money so you can put that towards your house, right, your mortgage, to increase the amount of equity that you have so that over time, the amount of time you spend paying interest is a lot less, right? So for instance, anytime you buy a home, they always hit you with the amortization schedule, which is 30 years if you're getting a 30-year mortgage or however many years if you're not. But you'll see over that time that you're paying amortized interest, which is a fixed payment that rotates or not rotates, but that, you know, changes the interest and principal payments over time, right? That amortized payment goes on for 30 years and the amount of interest that you pay over that 30 years is a lot. You almost double your mortgage in in what you're paying to the bank in some instances and it's it's kind of crazy. But the reason why house hacking is huge is because it cuts down that time that you're paying on your mortgage so you don't pay nearly as much into interest and it is beneficial for you so it's good and so um so yeah so we teach a few different ways that you can house hack your VA loan right so and the reason why that is important because your VA loan you're getting your home essentially for free right i mean obviously you're paying money so it's not like it's you know free per se but you're putting your hard-earned, you're putting zero money down into clothes, right? And so you're only putting the money that you receive um, from the government, right? Your BAH, theoretically, right? And hopefully you put down what you get from BAH into your home and, right, that's it. If you have a bigger house and you have a bigger mortgage, obviously you're going to pay a little more, okay? And that's got to be understandable because of the size of home that you purchased, uh, whether by necessity or by you know desire, whatever, it's up to you. But you know the reason why we teach house hacking strategies is because oftentimes there's a lot of empty space in our homes, right? In the military, we work from so many odd hours, right? We're gone almost all the time. So why not put the extra space you have in your home to work for you? That way you can make a little extra income, put down a little more on your mortgage, and pay less interest over time. Or even better, pay more into that mortgage and then at the end of one year or two years, refinance that mortgage into a conventional mortgage so you get your VA loan back 100% and you can go buy another house for free and maybe do the same 
house hacking strategies in that place. So before you leave for your one tour that might be, say, three or four or five years, maybe even more, then you can have a few homes that you've purchased. And in those homes, once you leave, you put a tenant in those homes. So that way your tenants are paying off your mortgage for you. And you again, you're building your net worth, which is the amount of money that you essentially are worth, right? The amount of assets that you have, right? Your net worth is building and you're not paying into it, right? Your tenants are. So all your expenses are covered and you're building your wealth and your passive income over time. And that is what we teach. That is the core, right? Foundation of active duty passive income. We want to teach you how to grow passive income right through rental real estate and building wealth for you and your family. So that way, by the time you're done with your 20 years, or if you're done with your four years, however, however long you want to stay in the military, right? You can use the benefits that you have to get you started on your journey. At least, at least get started. You know, I mean, everyone, everyone's journey is completely different. So we are not here to tell you how to live your life. We're here to show you that when you have passive income that comes in month after month that you don't have to worry about because of the properties you have making money for you, essentially, right? Tenants paying you that income every month and your expenses getting covered, that extra that you have can finance your lifestyle that you desire, right? Maybe that boat that you wanted to get when you retire, or maybe those trips you wanted to take with your family, you know, maybe that, that, uh, that gift you wanted to, to, to get for yourself at the point you retire, or maybe the business that you want to run, right? Maybe you have enough passive income coming in to finance your business. So, or, so, or so you can get out and maybe run that business, right? And you have enough money to survive on so you can go all in on whatever it is that you desire and you don't have to worry about what you're going to do for money. You can translate real estate into whatever desire or passion that you have in life and you can pursue that passion 110%. That is why we do what we do. And we love to be able to get you guys to that purpose. So house hacking, right? What is it? Oh, we, we discussed what it is, but how can you do it? You can do it one of many ways, right? There are, there's no one size fits all, but one way that we teach is being able to use the extra rooms. Let's say if you buy a four bedroom, two or three bathroom house, right? And you are either single or... Or maybe you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, or you have a wife, right? Or, or husband, or whatever, spouse. And, you know, you guys aren't using the extra rooms. Why not turn those extra rooms into rental units? You can use those extra rooms to rent to some buddies or, you know, maybe some coworkers or whatever, right? Uh, and you can have them rent from you maybe a little cheaper than it is out in town because they're getting a room, but still enough that you can offset a lot of your mortgage income. So your BAH you can use for your mortgage 
And whatever extra money you're earning from the extra rooms that you're running out, say maybe 500 or 600 a month, whatever, right? You can use that to pay also towards your mortgage and begin to house hack your home. And you'd be surprised in how much equity you can build over the course of 12 months, okay? So keep it in mind, right? Do the math. Let's say if you had two extra rooms that you're renting out for 500 each, right? That's 1,000 a month times 12, 12,000 extra dollars that you can pay towards your mortgage. And you can use that to offset that interest that you're, you're going to be paying over time, right? So now you have a lot less to pay off and you also build equity so you can, again, refinance after one year, two years, maybe two years with something like that, right? With that example, might might work out a little bit better, but hey, you know, you, you do the math, you plan it out, and you make it happen, okay? Another way uh, is, you know, if you have a small business or if you have, you know, an extra way of income coming in that you're using some extra space in your home, let's say a garden, right? You're, you want to grow vegetables. I, I was talking to um, one of my friends. She has a garden in, the, in her home, and what she does is she goes to those um, those markets, and I don't know why I'm forgetting it's those um, farmers markets, right? Where people can sell their own stuff individually. She goes to those, and she makes a little bit. You know, she doesn't make you know a, a killing off of the stuff that she sells, but she makes quite a bit, and she's able to use that income for you know whatever it is that she that she decides to do. She doesn't particularly house hack, but she certainly could. And I told her about that. I said, hey, you know, you can use this money that you're earning to pay down towards your mortgage and you don't have to worry about paying it for 30 years. But, you know, her goal wasn't that. Her goal is to use that money for something else that she was looking to get down the road, which is fine. And again, it's all about your individual reason for investing, right? But she got that property with the big backyard with the intention on growing that garden and selling them at farmer's markets when she could. And you know what? She's doing very well for herself. So honestly, I mean, more power to her and more power to any of you who have similar aspirations. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a garden, right? You can use a big backyard to maybe host dogs, right? Maybe if you're dog sitting for, you know, your friends or or for your neighbors in your neighborhood, right? Or if you want to, um, I don't know, create like a little dog park, right? You could do that and you can charge for the hour that people use it or, or whatever, right? Um, you could even do something like, you know, renting out your garage for certain people who, let's say, like to fix their cars. If you have a big garage, right? And you've got a lot of tools, maybe you have a lift, you could use that and certain people want to bring it to your house because you're cool and you've got some good music and you know maybe you got some beers or whatever right and people just want to kick it and chill and they can throw in a little bit of money to help support you and what you got going on boom right you turn your garage into a little auto hobby and done you know i mean there's so many different things you can do right i know friends so many friends that have gyms in their home right i mean even that you have the ability to charge people a little bit have like a little quote unquote membership right going on that you have friends that they can come and they can use it especially if your garage is detached it's perfect because then they don't need to come into your home and they can come in and use it whenever they want but they can pay right buy into it and that money you can use towards right financing your mortgage and house hacking your home 
right? It's just, there's so many different ways that you can do it. Do it. So you just got to kind of get creative, right? And don't let the, the negative thinking of, I can't do it, or, or maybe it's, maybe it's not for me, or, you know, maybe this, maybe that, right? What if, there are so many what ifs in life. If you let all those what ifs hold you back, you'll never be able to live, okay? So find something that works for you and do it. Do it, especially if it's going to grow a little extra income and especially if you can do it while it doesn't take any of your time. I mean, something like this, right? Well, something like doing a business out of your home, that takes a little bit of time, right? To set it up and also to maintain it. So ideally, you want to have the most passive way of going about making income and something like renting out your rooms individually that is definitely something that you can do. Or even if you're renting out your backyard to folks or friends that want to say grow stuff, right? Maybe they want the ability to grow stuff and you charge them, you know, a, a monthly membership, like 10 bucks or something a month. Like, hey, cool. You never know, man. If you have a big backyard and you've got 20 or so people that want to do it and you charge them 10 bucks a month, that's $200 a month, guys. You know, I mean, you, you like I said, you just got to get creative, right? And, and do whatever it is that works for you, okay? It's not one size fits all. So that works out. Now, the last one I'm going to tell you about is my absolute favorite way of house hacking. And it's amazing. It's what I've been doing for the past two years now. And it's called vacation rentals, right? Or short-term rentals. You can do it through Airbnb, you can do it through HomeAway right, or VRBO, a vacation rental by owner. Um, but I absolutely, absolutely love it. And I absolutely recommend it to anybody who's looking to get started in house hacking because you can make quite a bit of money off of it. Now, of course, you always have to check to make sure that your local laws support it, right? Because if you don't, you could pay quite a hefty tax or maybe fine and you never really know how that, that stuff's going to play out. So you do want to make sure that you're within um, within the legal requirements within your location. Or let's say your condo association, right? If your condo association is going to complain, you might want to reconsider, but or just talk to them and figure out how you can work around it, right? Uh, because there are always ways to make it work, especially in the world we live in. You'd be surprised how much money can actually fix your problems. It's kind of sad, but it's it's true. But anyway, make sure that you're in a place that accepts it, right? And actually go out and do the research. Don't just, you know, assume that your place doesn't and you and it wouldn't work. You'd be surprised a lot of places do, okay? So go out and check. But Airbnb is great because you can rent your places out per night, just like any hotel does. And you can make quite a bit of money. And depending on where you live, right, most, well, if not almost all military installations, huh, not, not all, okay, I'm not going to say all, but most military installations are by the water, right, of some sort. So if you have a house that's near any body of water, your place might be, might be a good rental for the summer, right? I mean, if you're by a lake or if you're by the ocean or if you're by, you know, a river or something, right, I mean... Let's, let's be honest, a lot of people love to spend time in homes by the water, especially when there's nice weather around and they can kind of kick back or relax, enjoy a nice view, right? I mean, it's good stuff. So 
Um, so if you're in the Navy, right, <laughs> every base is by the water, right? Almost everyone anyway. So if you're in the Navy and you're listening to this and your house is on the water, you should definitely consider Airbnb, okay? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I have made a killing, all right? I am just for example, okay, I'm just going to show you or tell you about how much I've made. Um, this is not by any means, um, you know, a promise that you're going to make this much, but it depends on how much time you rent, how much work you put in for your rental, and how much you charge, of course, and of course, you know, your area, how desirable it is for travel. So my first year, I made a little over 20000 within my first summer. I rented out for about um, three and a half months. And, um, and it was good. Uh, I did really, really well. Uh, I was on deployment for half of it. And then I was underway for, um, a, another little bit after my little mini deployment. Um, so I only got time to spend time with maybe a few of my clients, but I had a great property management system in place. My neighbor, um, was helping me out a lot. And my aunt, she was helping me a lot with the tenant turnovers. So she would go in clean in between rentals and she would reset the property every time for me. Wonderful blessing. Absolutely love her. And I thank her so much for it. And I also compensate her for it, right? So definitely make sure you have your systems in place that will support you and help you out. I also compensated my neighbor because he you know, took a lot of his time to help fix some of those big issues that we had with appliances or with air conditioning right, or, or all that stuff, right? And he, he took the time to help me out, and I appreciate that. And you know, I compensated him for it as well. So you know, it's good to have a network of folks that you can call on and have ready just in case something happens because we're not always going to be there, right? I mean, we could be on deployment. We could be on assignment. We can be on training whatever, right? Or we can just be at work. And if you're like me and you work in a secret space, like 90% of the time, you don't have access to your phone and you don't have access to like regular, you know, unclass email all the time. So it's kind of hard to stay on top of things when they go wrong. So making sure that you have that network in place for, you know, your vacation rentals is absolutely crucial. Okay. Absolutely crucial. So, um, so yes, definitely recommend that. Okay, but yeah, I made a little over twenty thousand my first summer, and this summer, right, um, I'm set to make a little under forty thousand, which is great, right? So I almost doubled my profit. I was able to apply a lot of the lessons learned that I had last year and apply them for this year, and I also realized I can get away with charging a little bit more because um, last year was a little bit more experimental. I played around with the prices a lot to maximize my, my, um, my occupancy. Um, and I realized I didn't have to do that nearly as much. So I didn't this year and I kind of, you know, kept the prices pretty standard and I'm surprised with how much, how well I, I I've done this year, which is great. So I definitely recommend it. Um, and even with last summer, right, last summer I made enough to, you know, pay my mortgage for a full year, which is great. So now this year I've, made enough to pay my mortgage for almost two years, right? Which is great. <laughs> so I'm hoping to continue, admit, you know, doing that well, um, you know, barring obviously the laws that, you know, as they're ever changing in the area and, um, and hoping, you know, that, that things don't change too bad, but, but yeah, I'm hoping to continue doing well with it. And it's great. It's my primary residence guys. Like this is where I live. So the fact that I was on deployment, I literally came back two days ago and now I'm set to do, you know, really well this year again. I'm, I'm happy, 
you know, because that money can go towards bettering my financial future with, you know, my family and, um, and yeah, and set us up. So definitely recommend looking into short-term rentals, okay? With Airbnb or VRBO, it's all website run. So you do your scheduling, you do your booking, you, every, every payment happens online. So it's super simple and it can be, right? It can be virtually hands-off as long as you've set your support systems in place. Now, obviously someone needs to be able to respond to tenants when they inquire about your booking. They see you online and they say, hey, can we stay? Someone has to be there to respond to it. It doesn't have to be you. You can have a friend or a property manager take care of that for you, and that's okay. And those same people can or don't have to go out and meet the tenants as they come to your property. That's okay. A lot of people do. A lot of people don't. I haven't. I've only done it maybe once my entire time. I'm sorry, twice my entire time renting out, right? I actually went to go visit the tenants today because I went to drop off some linens, some extra linens that we had for them. I washed up, but they checked in yesterday just fine and everything was cool because my check-in instructions were very clear cut and very precise. I attached pictures with all of it too, so it makes sure that there's very little questions, if any, and I also make sure that they have it early enough. That way, if they do have any questions, they can bring it to me. And of course, as always, if there are any concerns, right, they have my number on the listing, they have my email, and they also have the network right? The ability to contact me via the website. Um, so they can, they can do that. And I am not the only one that has access to it. My wife also has access to it. She is also active duty military. So sometimes it is hard and we have our property manager, right? My aunt, she helps take care of us as well when we can't catch things right away. So again, it's all a matter of, you know, making sure you have the systems in place to take care of, doing the things, taking care of your six, essentially, right? And doing those things that you need help on when you can't cover down. Um, And if you decide, and you can completely decide not to cover down, right? If it's your business model where you don't want any interaction at all, you can do that. You absolutely can do that. You can have somebody, right? Let's say you own a property that's an investment property and you want to Airbnb it full time. You can have a company or a person or some people, right? A team in place that can take care of it for you. So you never have to worry about anything as long as you trust them, obviously. And you, you hope they're doing a good job and you can follow up with them to check the status and make sure everything's running smooth. But yeah, you don't have to be involved in the process at all. And you can still make that good, you know, cash flow coming in each month from all the different rentals. Because the checks are going to get sent directly to your bank account and you're good to go. You'll see them coming in and out. You'll get emails letting them know that they're forwarding money to you. And if you attach a security deposit on any one of your rentals, you'll get emails notifying them that the security deposit is automatically being sent. So you never have to worry about any of those transactions. It all gets handled for you, right? So I absolutely stand by vacation rentals. Um, I really do. And I, I know that there is a growing... Uh, issue regarding them and the states or the counties of which you know people rent in the counties see it as a liability and you know something that draws money away from the already established hotels in the area but you know what honestly the way i see it 
is that business is business and, you know, things always change and evolve and old businesses are always to come to, you know, the new and the shiny, right? So it's, it's kind of, it is what it is, you know, I think, you know, it's going to eventually evolve to where Airbnb will be, you know, able to conduct the business that they normally do, maybe with certain tax implications. I don't know. And I am honestly not partial to any one side, with the exception of the side that I know that Airbnb has done great things for me and helped me get started in my investing career. And I hope that Airbnb can continue to do that for so many other people. However it looks like, however it needs to look like legally and all that, right? I just hope that you know, people are able to be inspired, you know, and to get started in doing something to change up the monotony, to make the income that they need to get them started on their life journey, their life goals, to be able to accomplish the dreams that they set forth for themselves earlier on in life, right? That's, that's really all I care about. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Um, again, we hope that you're able to take the information that we put out on this podcast, in our lessons, in um, the information we have on our Facebook group, all right, um, just to kind of go out and, you know, to take some action and create some change in your life and make some good stuff happen, all right? All right, all right. So that's going to do it. Um, thank you so much again, like I said, for listening. Uh, before we leave, I want to take some time to shout out a five-star review that we received uh, thank you so much. It was uh, from the guys of the Military Investor Network, right? Thank you. Um, such a great podcast that teaches our military and veterans about real estate investing. Thank you guys for what you are doing. Uh, and thank you so much you know, for your review. We really appreciate it. Um, and we are really happy with you know, our mission here and what we do for you guys. It means a lot to us to hear your feedback. And if you guys would, you know, listening would be so kind to go in and leave us a review, right? Let us know what you think. We're honest, honest assessment, but let us know what you think. Um, it benefits other people and it also helps us get, you know, listed higher in on the podcasts that are shown so we can make sure that this information gets out to those who need to see it. All right. So we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and also, you know, hit us up on our Facebook page, right on our Instagram and let us know what you guys think. Um, you know, about any questions that you guys have, right? We, we constantly get, some good questions in and out of, as a matter of fact, I'm going to look one up because we had a great question come in this week and I really do want to highlight it and I'll answer it here on the podcast in case anyone else may have that question too. So um, bear with me. I'm actually looking through my Facebook now. Uh, Okay, here it is. So the question was, right, if you're buying a house and during the inspection, you find the house is in need of a new roof, how would that be dealt with? One, the seller would fix it prior to closing, or the buyer would deduct the cost of the roof from the offered amount for the property and fix it themselves? Question mark. All right. Okay. So we had a bunch of great, you know, comments in regards to that question. Um, And I'm just going to go ahead and give my own little personal advice, but I'm going to say that it depends, right? So, and this goes with any issue. It doesn't have to be a roof. It can be, you know, whatever, electrical, plumbing, right? 
whatever you name it, you'll run into the gamut. Um, but if there are any issues that you have in your closing, it's going to depend on two things, right? Financing and time. Okay. Um, how much time do you have before you want to move into that property? How much time you have with regards to the financing that you, you have, right? Set aside for that prop, that purchase or, how much time you have left on contract, right? Time is, is a variable that is um, is important because if if things are going to get fixed prior to closing, you need to make sure that that time window allows or an extension can be granted because, right, it's obviously going to take time to fix stuff. So you want to make sure you have that time. Um, if it is not going to get fixed before closing, right? You need to make sure that the financing you have for it will allow that. Okay. Now, what I mean is if you're going through most big banks and you're just getting a conventional loan or you're getting a a VA loan, right? Banks will not allow you to buy a home that you can't move into (laughs) from day one, unless you are getting a special type of loan for that purchase i.e. a 203k loan, an FHA loan, right? Something that will allow you to, you know, wrap in some of the costs for the repairs because the bank knows and assumes already that that that, that uh, property is going to be fixed, okay? But again, this is for you if you're going to move into that property. Now, there are banks that will lend for you conventionally, on investment properties because they know that it's an investment property and you're probably going to, you know, fix some stuff up and do some stuff that's fine. They're comfortable with giving you the loan based off of the amount of risk that they assess based off your portfolio or your, you know, income that you have coming in, right? That's essentially what they're lending to you for as well as the asset itself, but right, they understand. Um, but right, if you are dealing with the type of property that you are going to live in yourself, right, you need to check with your financing options and you also need to make sure that the time allows in order for you to, you know, figure out what you want to do next. Okay. Now let's talk about what you want to do next. Um, honestly, you can go about it, right? The two ways that you mentioned, um, you can negotiate for the sellers to fix it for you. And a lot of time, Sellers don't really want to, right? They they want to sell their property as is because less hassle on them. So, you know, maybe the better option would be then to do what also you said, you negotiate the purchase price down and you factor in the cost of those, you know, repairs because that sometimes is a little easier to do, especially for the seller who's not really motivated to fix anything else. They just want to sell their property and be done with it, right? So, so that is definitely something you can do. Um, and really, those are the most common options. Um, and that's, you know, obviously just my opinion. But, you know, the more experience you have with these things, you know, you can wrap it in. Maybe you, you maybe the, the seller will allow you to get a contractor in, right? Get a quote for the, the, the price and maybe they'll pay for it or they'll negotiate, you know, a portion of the payment for it or whatnot, right? I mean, there are many different ways you can tackle something like this. But those are the most common methods that I've heard about. 
um, that I've physically done, right? Property that I'm actually, I have on a contract right now. As a matter of fact, it's perfect, perfect opportunity to talk about this. So I'm closing on a triplex in Mississippi as we speak. Um, hopefully I'll have it closed by next week. We just got the inspection back and there is so much stuff that needs to get done to this property, man. Let me tell you, <laughs> but, um, but we're negotiating with the sellers on bringing the price down because I think that's going to be the best fit for us in regards to this investment right now. If we're not getting any financing for this, this property, we're buying it cash. Um, my buddy and I, we pulled in for this money and uh, I'm sorry for this purchase. And we are going to, um, to take care of it as well as the repairs ourselves. And then once we get done with the repairs, once everything's near said and done, we're going to pool a mortgage on the property, do what's called a cash out refinance, and we'll get loaned the amount of money based off of the the value, right? The after repair value that we've um, we've fixed that property up for, and we'll get that money back and use that towards purchasing another property or you know refinancing whatever else we have that we decide to do with it later on, right? But again, you know there are many different ways that you can tackle that kind of um, issue, and like anything in real estate, right? There you have options. So don't ever think that you're locked into one way of handling a problem. And it's good to have a network like our Facebook group to reach out. And I hope that you were able to get the um, your question answered. And if and if you have also run into this problem that wasn't your question, right? And you can benefited by that answer. I'm I'm glad, and I hope that you're able to benefit something good out of it too. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, I've been talking long enough. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening. Hope that you guys reach out to us and connect. Please subscribe to this Facebook, I'm sorry, to this podcast. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on our Instagram. Um, And also reach out to us if you have any questions, right? Check out our website. If you are ready to take some action and you want some help in regards to, you know, learning how to invest and and you want our, our mentorship and our guidance, go check out our program www.activedutypassiveincome.com. We have a course designed for you, take you step by step. We have an awesome mentorship program called Start the Spark, where we will guide you through the process hand in hand. We will help you out and um, and great. And we will also connect you to our greater network of, of folks that are standing by ready to help you too, okay? Thank you so much again for all your input, all your help and all your time. We appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys here soon. We're going to be doing some meetups uh, here on the East Coast, like I said, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, It's going to be great. Okay. I'm Mike. I'll catch you later.